the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What was the name of that Woody Allen movie? What was it? It was Everything You Wanted to Know About Sex But Were Afraid to Ask. Wasn't that the title? I think it was. I think this uh, segment we're going to call Everything You Wanted to Know About Donald Trump's Trade Wars But Were Afraid to Ask. And I have a good friend of mine, Mark Stiles, in studio. He is the president of WS Wealth Management. But more importantly, he's one of my gun buddies. We, we share a passion for things that go bang when you pull the trigger. And more importantly, he is also a worshiper at the altar of rotary wing aircraft. Am I right? <laughs> Former Marine helicopter pilot, Mark Stiles? CH-53Es. Okay. Wh- wh- which is more important, guns or helicopters? It guns? Just, helicopters with guns? That's <laughs> If you can put both together, how can you lose? <laughs> Welcome to America First. I'm Sebastian Gorka, former strategist to the president. We are broadcasting from the refactor.com studios of the Salem Radio Network, coast to coast. Uh, you have transitioned from flying the CH uh, platforms to becoming a man who watches the global economic market with reference to what's going on here, which is often missed. We focus in you know, America is continent size, so we focus on the American economy, and we sometimes lose that broader perspective but Donald Trump has changed all that because he's engaged in allegedly trade wars, Mark Styles. Is he engaged in a trade war? Did he start it? And should Americans be worried? Well, everybody wants free and open trade. But to get there, everyone has to compete equally. And at this point, I think the president was right in the fact that the Chinese are taking advantage in a number of areas. Uh, and that had to be addressed. If you even go back to the Obama administration, three times they threatened to take uh, China to uh, uh, as a currency manipulator. Yes. So, and backed off each time rather than follow through like they should have. And so, what we see is a regime of uh, tariff increases that are going to try to level the playing field more. And uh, the important thing to understand about that is how much more the Chinese are affected in this case than we are, to the point where they'll take somewhat drastic measures economically, so, so not to be effective. We have been told, especially by those who predicted that if Donald Trump wins the election, we will have a stock market crash the likes of which we will never be able to recover from. Are you listening, Mr. Krugman? <laughs> hello, 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 paging Mr. Krugman, Nobel laureate. That stock market doing pretty nicely. Thank you very much. So these people are telling us, Mark Steyer, that this is a disaster. The American steel industry, the consumer will see prices just be piled upon, piled upon. We will pay for the tariffs. What is the reality of the competitive advantages and who has leverage between America and China? Okay, starting from the big picture perspective, okay, we've got roughly uh, a $21 trillion economy in the United States. The Chinese have a $13 trillion economy. So we have. Not small. Not small, but only about 60% of ours. They export about $540 billion worth of products to the United States. We export about $120 billion of products to the Chinese. The reality is, based on the size of the economy and how important exports are to both of our economies, every dollar of loss for us is an $8 loss for them. 
Hang on. So one to eight? It's about a one to eight ratio. When Why? You, Why? You have to figure the size of their exports versus the size of their economy. So if they export about $540 billion to the U.S. annually, that means about 4.2 to 4.3 of their entire economy is based on exports to the United States. Wow. So when Steve Moore tells us here on America First that if we sneeze, China gets the flu, that is not an exaggeration. And a serious flu. So what does this mean? Does it mean that the president just has to keep the pressure on for a little bit longer and they'll cave? Or are we trapped? I mean, look, you, you're a strategist as well. You've advised the Marine Corps. You, you had a special project advising the commandant of the Marine Corps on these geopolitical uh, tendencies. Uh, the Chinese play the long game. They've always played. From Sun Tzu, they've played the long game. Are they prepared to bleed a little to get uh, you know, an edge over us, or will they cave? I mean, this man is a businessman par excellence. What's your expectation, Mark Size? Uh, they will come to the negotiating table. It may take longer than many people expected. Um, I personally thought it would be done by the spring of this year, mm-hmm. you know, based on a lot of the reports we were seeing, based on a number of things that we can go into that China is going to get hit particularly hard on going forward, nothing, having nothing to do with the United States. Um, like what? Uh, the uh, uh, army worm invasion that's come across the border from Myanmar. So there's a, a pestilence that uh, attacks mostly corn crop, but all crops in general. They've already had all 31 regions affected uh, on, on the swine side, so they've had to kill millions of hogs. Wow. They have had 13 of their provinces hit in corn, wheat, sorghum, and soybeans. So when they need our soy, they need our soy. They'll eventually need our soy. And that's the one thing we can get into that a little bit. Okay. Commodity, commodity markets are fungible. They'll get You're them. You're starting to use big words here. It's easy. Our soybeans are like other people's soybeans. Okay, right. Okay. So right. they may not but come. Be- in, but better. But better. <laughs> Because they taste like Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) They'll get there. It might not be through the front door. Got it. Right. They'll find a way to get the. So when you say you were surprised it hadn't happened already, so it means they're being tough in terms of their resilience or their desire to look resilient. How much longer can they hold out? If it's a one to eight ratio, if they've got blights, if they've got, you know, having to slaughter millions and millions of of, of their uh, animal husbandry, how long can the Chinese hold out? I mean, look, it is a nation where the collective is more important than the individual always has been. But how long, Mark? How long? I think that's the key. Uh, The fact is they're sitting in a large amount of reserves in uh, cash, cash cash reserves. So that's going to be very helpful for them. To the point where, if you go back to April of last year, when the uh, tariffs were first announced, or the tariff regime increase was first announced, they've actually depreciated their currency versus the dollar by about 9%. Wow, that's huge. That's huge. And it wipes out any effect of the tariff, as far as their manufacturing is concerned. So one of the reasons we've seen no inflation from this to this point is the... But what does that do to the domestic market, to, 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 you know, the value of what people own? uh, Take a look at the Chinese stock market. Tell us. Right. Tell so us. The we, we don't, we don't, I mean, we, we are here to, <laughs> listening to this fake news garbage. Tell us, Mark, about the, um, the Chinese stock market. We, our stock market hit new highs uh, within the last two weeks. We're off about, I think as of today, maybe 5% off. They are all-time highs. Their market took off in the mid-teens. Uh, as of last year, it's come down by about 35 40%. So they've taken that hit. In their economy. How does that not create an economic crisis? A 30, 40% hit in the stock market? 
Is it because it's a command economy? It's a commoditized economy to a large extent. And understanding who the owners are of the stock is important. It's not the it's, right, so right, right, right. Your pension in China isn't dependent isn't a on, function on your right. your stock your four hundred one k exactly. So right. they've got enough cash where they can sit on this for a while. And the question is how long. Um, and that's where what would really be helpful is 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 if the Europeans actually got on board rather than fighting us on a number of these things. Because while they they're rough pegged to the U.S. dollar, they've dropped by nine percent, means that there's been virtually no change for their exports to Europe, because that price stayed the same because mm-hmm. the dollar strengthened against the, the euro dollar. So sooner or later, the Europeans have to choose whose side they are on, as we did with the Iran deal, the JCPOA. Uh, Iran deal that I'm so proud we managed to kill is one of the priorities of the Trump administration. We are getting a wealth of information you will not hear anywhere else. Is there such a thing as an overheated economy, and are we in one? No. There's no such thing as an overheated economy. You can run into situations where you get high inflation, but that has a lot more to do with monetary policy than it does with the economy itself. So it's a choice. It's, it's a, a choice. It's a choice. Okay, good. Let's get that out of the way. The people say, oh, it's overheated, it's overheated, it's bad for Americans. Explain the interconnectedness of why what the president has done is in large part so tied to timing. The tariffs, the tax cuts and the swinging cuts of regulations, why is it important that all these things are happening at the same time for the average American trying to pay his bills or get a job? Well, for a guy who theoretically doesn't know what he's doing in the White House. (laughs) Chaos, it's chaos, it's chaos. chaos. You know, you've set up a situation where you've got the stock market at or near all-time highs. You've got an extremely low interest rate environment. It could be lower, but it doesn't have to be, quite frankly. Uh, you've got um, wages rising at its fastest rate in over a decade. You've got a massive tax cut at the personal and business level. But I and, thought that was just for corporations and billionaires. And, why, and, and here's why that's important. Um, corporations, governments don't create jobs. Corporations do. Exactly. And so you end up... Governments with, can create conditions whereby corporation, corporations w- want to create more jobs. Exactly. And they can create conditions where corporations want to go somewhere else. Yes. And what, and what is happening right now? So if you take a look at, for instance, the auto industry, you saw the Daimler-Benz discussion about the big plant that they're open. I'm not sorry, Daimler-Benz, the Chrysler-Fiat yes. plant that's being opened in Detroit, the discussion of them merging with Peugeot, trying, you know, in some respects, creating another world order, if you will, of, of, of autos. Um, what we see when we look at Europe, and especially in, in Germany, is a loss of future productivity because of the demographic issue that they hit, the tax regime that they're in, and an inefficient capital markets. And so the free flow of capital is extremely important, as is the free flow of labor. The fact that you can pick up and go somewhere else and work in the United States and everything is virtually the same is very important. So when we look at things like uh, Mercedes-Benz and BMW trucks, there is no plan that we have found in any of the study that we've done there that shows that they look to increase productivity any, or production anywhere in Europe. All the production increase will be in the so U.S. So the biggest truck manufacturers in Europe are producing their trucks in the U.S., and all their expansion going forward will be in the U.S. So, so how does this jive with what we're being told about the president's economic policies, Mark? Well, you've got a better regulatory environment. You've got a lower corporate tax rate. 
you've got one of the most productive wor- workforces in the world. European companies are looking at, companies all over the world are looking at the U.S. as the new place not only to do business, but to start their business or, so, build, or grow their business. So let's take politics out of the equation. Whoever we vote for, we vote for. Okay. What is the effect, given the last two years and everything you've said about what has changed here for not only businesses but for people working in businesses, what would be the effect, irrespective of who the candidate is, if all of this stops because somebody else wins the election in 2020 and not Donald Trump? What does, what does that do to the way business leaders think and people who want to invest in America? Well, at that point, they start to look at what is going to happen first from a regulatory environment, then from a tax environment, and have to decide where to make their investment. And this is one of those things where in the last year or so, we've heard that the tax cuts have gone to the wealthy, the tax cuts have gone yes. to the corporations. But what people fail to recognize is that just in the last GDP report, the largest growth was U.S. business investment in the U.S. at 8.6% increase year over year. So uh, companies, U.S. companies and companies that are moving here are making massive investment in technology, especially in the United States, because of the value of the workforce here. Which we haven't seen for a very long a time. A very long time. And that is something to change the economy in ways that are meaningful, that has to last for multiple cycles, right? That's not a one-year exactly. gig. Right. Those, those companies, if you want to see real innovation and growth, if you want to become like you know, Israel, the, the incubator of new technologies, that confidence has to last over multiple yearly cycles, is it not? Exactly. You're making long-term investments. You're building plants. You're uh, buying machinery. You're doing all those things that are going to tie up your capital for five to ten years. You can't do that if you think tomorrow, what you let's say you were able to depreciate a piece of machinery over three years, and tomorrow they change that to seven years, and suddenly you can't make that investment in machinery anymore. So what does that mean? Let, let's bring it all back. In the last two minutes, we have with Mark Stice of WS Wealth Management, former Marine Corps helicopter pilot, um, geoeconomics uh, analyst. What, what does this all mean? What does the average American who's just trying to make the car payments at the end of the month, buy another pair of shoes for their kid in school, what do they need to understand about what the president is doing and these so-called trade wars? Um, if you took everything that we've talked about, even threatened, and tariffed it to the maximum amount, which is 50%, and uh, looked at how that would affect inflation, it would add somewhere between probably a quarter to at most a half a point to the inflation rate, which is currently running around 2% or below the long-term average. So we're talking about virtually nothing. Nothing. (laughs) And he's fixing a problem that's been around for, I think, since Henry Kissinger, basically. Probably a couple decades at least. Okay. And the last thing that we haven't mentioned once is the country we're concerned about actually wants to replace us. This isn't just right. Belgium. Right. This isn't Switzerland. This is a nation that has declared, it's in my book, Why We Fight Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies. This is what I learned in the White House. Once I got the clearances, once I read the classified reports, I wasn't worried about the jihadis anymore. I wasn't worried about Russia, Iran, North Korea. We're dealing with them. We have a nation that has a GDP that is commensurate, almost commensurate with ours, that wishes to become us. 
that has a plan called One Belt, One Road that means they wish to displace America as the most powerful nation in the world by 2049. So this is this isn't just economics, Mark. It's your strategy, right? Your strategy, and the one thing I would add is the bigger your economy is, the more you can spend on defense. <laughs> right, exactly. And China, China is still a communist dictatorship, so the more they spend on defense, the more it neg- negatively affects everyone who loves liberty, us included. We have been talking to Mark Sties of WS Wealth Management. Thank you for giving us the things that we will not be told in the mainstream press. Semper my friend. Thanks, Seb. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.